if you know anybody with a genetic disease, if you know anybody who's gotten old, like the human body is also deeply flawed. For the first time, we have tools to address the most foundational layer of our biology. That's the code that we run on, our DNA. I mean, the potential is, is limitless. It starts with just taking that leap. Man, you have to work hard. You have to be incredibly smart. Choose something that even if it fails, even if it fails you are going to be proud of it. doesn't matter how badly you got beaten in that. Be kind, be kind, be kind. Become a better person, a better leader, a better business. Go through that. <laughs> I'm Samuel Donner, and this is Finding Founders. Hello, how's it going? Ryan's home is a space dedicated to unlocking the secrets of longevity. From altitude generators to plunging into ice-cold waters to using a Petco heating lamp, every endeavor is a step towards extending human potential. Calculated and precise, Ryan is not afraid to balance risk with reward. With biohacking at the center of his day-to-day, we delve into his routines and his focus on longevity. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, my name's Ryan Rossner. I'm a former NFL athlete with a PhD in the molecular biology of aging. I studied drug-induced human hibernation for the Air Force, and now I work for Minicircle. I help design uh, human longevity gene therapies. Uh, also just do odds and ends. And uh, a lot of those odds and ends are, you know, kind of biohack, longevity optimized biohacking that's relevant to our company. So what I think about is longevity optimized biohacking on a budget. So I live in a relatively small apartment. I can't have like a full size ice bath. So I try to get things that can support my biohacking. So I have a Rogue Echo bike um, for cardio squat rack behind you so I can do like actual you know barbell lifts up to 300 pounds I can do pull-ups mat for stretching over here well, so I'm, you, I'm so curious you about this. okay Wait, so this I'm ha- actually happy you are because I'm in love with this thing so this is a altitude generator so the air we breathe is about 20% oxygen uh, the higher up you go the lower percent oxygen there is so basically you know in theory, every day, in reality, like, you know, a lot of days, I sit here, I put this on, turn that on, and it generates, it cuts the oxygen almost in half to about 11 or 12%. Um, I wear this pulse oximeter on my finger while I do it, and I usually do like three to five minutes on, three to five minutes off. You know, I think longevity science is becoming mainstream, and I would say like, caloric fasting and uh, heat fasting, so cold plunges, are really have caught on. But oxygen is another fundamental life input that's also a double-edged sword and oxygen fasting has not caught on. A lot of people love doing breath work, which I also love and I think is great. But if you wear this pulse oximeter, like it's really hard to get your blood oxygen concentration to change using breath work. 
And we know from the science that if you go below 89%, you trigger cellular responses that basically make your body more oxygen efficient. So people who live at altitude are protected against major killer diseases. Like it just supercharges your metabolism. So yeah, so I put this on, uh, set a timer, start breathing, and I try and get this below 89%. And this thing's filling up with like what? Uh, yeah, I'd say like 11 to 12% oxygen air versus 21% in the apartment. It's basically, this is equivalent to about 16,000 feet elevation. So okay. even higher than you would get like if you were up in Colorado. Wow. And it, it usually takes maybe one to two minutes to get this below 89. Okay, so here we go. So I hit, uh, I just hit 87. The thing is, I, I've worn this pulse oximeter without the mask and held my breath for three minutes and it barely budged. So like just a couple minutes on here really changes your cellular oxygen exposure to my mind, a lot more efficiently and effectively than even like pretty, you know, intense breath work. Do you begin to feel lightheaded at all? Yeah, <laughs> you do. Um, have you ever passed out on the machine? <laughs> I've been close. Um, I have a buddy who used to ride with Lance Armstrong. And at the end of the day, he would go do this for an hour, five minutes on, five minutes off. And he said he would black out. Uh, I, I don't feel like I'm, that's a particularly significant risk. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, biohacking carries risk, like, right? So you, you got to be careful, yeah. What kind of risks do you think you're willing to take and not willing to take? I think, um, well, I mean, flying to a location in Central America where I'd never been to and getting a human gene therapy was, that was a big risk. That's when you went to Relicon to get the experimental gene therapy, the statin gene therapy? Yeah, I mean, a little over a year ago, I was like, this could be the last bad decision I ever get to make. Um, but, you know, uh, Mac and Walter had tested it on themselves. They showed me data. They knew their science. And uh, I went down there and it actually, um, it exceeded my highest expectations so that was one big risk i mean uh, i i go to the desert like i use holidays to go to the desert and do multi-day fasts by myself i'm usually doing some metabolic tinkering while i do that um i've gotten in a little trouble doing that but i, I unfortunately i knew how to fix it but um, it, it was really highlighted for me how dangerous this can be um so over the years i mean i've tried to temper my excitement and my risk tolerance and really just air like threefold on the side of safety because I'm always going to be excited. I'm always going to take risks. Even if I play it super safe, I'm still going to be pushing the envelope. So that that's kind of where I'm at now. What uh, like high level, what, what kind of happened out there that made you like kind of like scared you straight in a way? Yeah, so I, I would say broadly, you know, so your mitochondria are super important. And there's really, there's two ways you can improve your mitochondria. One would be augmentation, which is where you take something that uh, just directly makes them function better acutely. 
The, the second paradigm that it's really powerful is mitohormesis. So you stress your mitochondria a little bit and they have ancient genetically encoded protective responses that they turn on and then your mitochondria are more powerful long-term. I, I was tinkering with mitohormetic agents. So I was applying a little bit of stress to my mitochondria. Um, your mitochondria is where you make energy using oxygen. And, the um, powerhouse of the cell. Exactly. As, <laughs> as we all are, shaped just like a bean, um, powerhouse of the cell. So um, if, those are, if you've applied a mitohormetic agent, and your mitochondria are impaired, the only way you can make ATP energy is uh, anaerobic using sugar. Well, I had been fasting for days. I had no sugar left in my body. And I applied this mitohormetic and my mitochondrial, you know, aerobic energy production was impaired. Well, I didn't have my backup system of sugar. So my body was not- It's shutting down. Yeah, and that's, that's how death works. I start. I mean, it's an understatement. I started to feel really bad. I mean, I'm in the desert, like on some highway. It's after sunset, and I'm like, I'm having shooting pains. I'm puking. I'm disoriented, and uh, uh, I kind of was able to process what was happening. And I chugged a bunch of honey to put. I broke my fast, put sugar back in my body, and that seemed to help. You could have possibly died right there. Hundred percent. Yeah, it, it was way over uh, my threshold for risk tolerance. Like it was a real wake up call for me. Like I, I'm, I know a lot, but it's, if I'm overly enthusiastic or excited, it's, it's so, it's too easy to make one miscalculation. Like, you know, too much of that mitohormetic agent. And now I'm in a, a serious danger zone. Why, why do you do it? Um, well, yeah, I do it because, um, I think our body, it's a miracle that our bodies work as well as they do. But I also think that's, it's also true that our bodies are deeply flawed. And I would say that we're forced to accommodate a lifespan in America of about 80 years on average, 100, 120 years hard maximum. And I would say that that's a pretty arbitrary limit that's not aligned with where the human spirit is. It's incommensurate with our our goals and the way life works is nature gets you really takes care of you to age 25 and then you start declining and then in later life there's often a lot of serious illness loss of dignity like loss of function you have maybe a few good decades there in the middle and I, you have good decades all over but like to me, that's um, that's really tragic. Probably the, the earliest life experience that just set me on this path was when I was four, very close to my mom, watched her go through cancer. And um, she survived, but it was brutal. And it, it made me ask, why do things like that happen? And can we change that? So I studied philosophy to try and answer those questions. And then eventually got became aware that science could not only answer those questions more deeply, but also just redesign the human experience. So that's, that's what I'm trying to do is just, help, you know, make our bodies more aligned with our highest goals. After getting into why Ryan got into biohacking, I wanted to see more of what he does day to day. So on, I, I, I'm, I haven't peeked around the corner, but I see many different vials 
and powders and yeah. pills. Can you walk me through some of them? Yeah, um, vials, powders, and pills are my life. <laughs> so these are, so my day, I usually wake up. Um, first thing I do is this is a chest freezer that I fill with water and ice. And I stick my head in there first thing every morning. You know, the brain is, you don't really get new brain cells. You want to take care of them. And um, temperature modulation is a powerful way to preserve biological systems. Um, so I like to get my brain in there. Um, your brain also controls your body to a large extent. So if you tell your brain, hey, you're really cold, I think it can turn things on in the body. Um, so yeah, I start every day by sticking my head in a chest freezer full of ice water. Lucky to have a sink bruise. Oh, nice. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, it's super easy. Um, you know, I, I change the water once a week. stays pretty clean. And uh, it's probably like 30, mid-30s, I would guess. I mean, it's cold. How long are you dunking for? Realistically, anywhere from 10 seconds to two minutes. But I think the... Um, so you're, you're breath holding for those two minutes. If, I'm, if I do two minutes, I'll do like maybe 30 head, 30 hands, 30 head, 30 hands. Um... One so one super cool thing, and one of the reasons I'm like uh, just really charged up about head submersion is something called the mammalian dive reflex. So if you hold your breath, submerge your head in cold water, and water goes up your nose, and also there's some sensors on your neck and your face. I think this ancient thing called the mammalian dive reflex kicks in, and your blood pressure and heart rate can cut in half instantly. So could we put the heart rate monitor on? We can try it. Yeah, well, I would love to try that. This is probably pretty good. This is this is. I love this. <laughs> Just um, yeah, it's ice water. All right. So are you gonna do a thirty second dunk? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. Okay. What's your usual heart rate like? I, I ingest a lot of caffeine, so, <laughs> so I think during the day, I'm probably usually maybe even like 80 or something. Um, I think my resting heart rate, you know, when I wake up, if I'm fit, it's probably maybe like 55. How does that feel? Feels great. <laughs> um, so what I do is I put my hands in. I go like that for a little bit. So I actually got this from Huberman. He showed a cold glove you can wear during endurance exercise. And it, I guess there's a, I think he said there's a place where arteries and veins meet in the palm of your hand. So if you make the palm of your hand really cold, it sends cold blood back to your heart and kind of cools your whole body. So in between head rounds, I do that. Do you feel more energized after that? Yeah, honestly. I think <laughs> there's probably nothing that makes me feel better afterward than uh, cold plunge. Um, I mean, it is lower. We're hitting like 61 now. Yeah. 59. Uh, honestly, I might, I might have to, yeah, I, I'll hit this in solidarity. Okay. <laughs>
so when I get out, a lot of times I'm like pretty dizzy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. If you want, you can stick your hands in there. Oh yeah. And and so go like this, like like you're grabbing. Yeah. For maybe ten to thirty seconds. Yeah. There you go. Well, Thank you. well done. Yeah, oh, I'm so excited you tried it. Full high five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting the dizziness. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but I feel alive. <laughs> the, the dizziness is how you know it's working. <laughs> Alright, so <laughs> So it, here's a here's a nice a cool thing that No pun intended is, is a yeah, is, this is a, a nice contrast. I am so speaking as a scientist, I have I am not hundred percent sure that this works. Because this I guess this would be like broad spectrum infrared and red light. But a lot of the devices are expensive. This is a reptile heating lamp from Petco. <laughs> it was like thirty dollars. And I'm, I'm optimistic that it's uh, beneficial and I, I don't think it's likely to be too harmful, especially if I wear the goggles, which prevent me from blasting my eyes with infrared. So, like this. And I started doing this, um, I was working for the Air Force in San Antonio. I had an apartment actually pretty similar to this one and um, I didn't know anybody there, so I just really sunk into biohacking. I actually set up this red light in my like patio closet yeah. with a little chair, and I would go in there at night and close the door and sit in there. And so if any of my neighbors ever saw me like disappearing into this glowing red closet, I'm sure they're a like, reptile, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Mark is that you? But uh, I, I actually. Um, I would do this on my face for five minutes a night, and I I think it significantly improved my facial appearance. Really? Yeah, like it, it was for me. It was really striking. Um, and then I try to angle it up my nose because they have um, facial appearance in terms of like <sighs> wrinkles and such. Yeah, yeah. I would just say. I mean, so disclaimer: like my face is not like my face is the result of twenty years of just being a dude who does not practice any kind of skincare. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I felt like wrinkles and just the, the quality of my skin like improved visibly. Um, I try to shine it up my nose because there is published data that um, with specific wavelengths, you can uh, shine it up your nose and it, it penetrates the bone in the front of your skull and hits the front of your brain where you do, do your thinking and it can enhance the mitochondria there. So. Mm. It's kind of a nice little contrast. Um, again, this is something that I don't do it for a full five minutes every morning. So just I be, try that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of looks like I'm closing my eyes. It kind of feels like mildly psychedelic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I can show you something in a second. Um, I, I do a lot of augmented meditation and one of the things I use is, um, so I'll pair this infrared with binaural audio. There, there have been some times um, when I set that binaural audio to a really low frequency, 
and <sighs> combined with the red light, it did feel immersive and weird. Like yeah. I felt like it was cool. Can I? Can we see the uh, the meditation practice? Yeah, definitely. How do you have enough time in the day to like like what like what is the? Because also we we need to go back to the we needed to go back to the suppies. We got distracted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can see over there. There's like six to eight color coded bags. Okay. So a couple of these I don't take every day, but most of these I take the entire contents of the bag at a certain point in the day. So. And what do you mean the entire contents? So let's. So this one is um, my heart health bag that I take with dinner. So. I take like one capsule from each of these with dinner. What what what's in there? What is that? This one. Um, so there's niacin, which I took for quite a while, but I'm actually discontinuing now based on some uh, this guy Michael Lustgarden. It's really great. He's showed that this might have been uh, increasing his epigenetic age. Mm. Um, Which is a very hot keyword these days, very, epigenetic very, age. Very hot topic. <laughs> um, hibiscus lowers blood pressure, um, B12. Um, spermidine, I actually take this uh, usually on the weekends. There's, there's some, basically there's a bunch of stuff. There's stuff I do every day, stuff I do every week, stuff I do every month, and stuff I do every year. If I, if I make it any more complex than that, I just lose track. So. Um, sulforaphane, olive leaf extract. This is kind of the, the big parts of my cardiovascular strategy or extra virgin olive oil, cardio, and some other things, but this helps. Um, I actually brought my, Mac would probably make fun of me for because I, I was really proud of this, but my LDL is 36 right now. So they, they say, yeah, so LDL is the bad cholesterol. I think the recommended level is 70. Um, if you get it to 50, some people think that you basically can't get heart disease if your LDL is 50. And they, there was actually some research a couple years ago to make sure that 50 was safe because it's so insanely low. They actually they found a few people in these big, big studies who were as low as 25. Um, and mine is 36. So I'm like a big dude, but my LDL is super, super low. So what are all these other pill bags? Like what, what are the categories? So that's heart health. That's heart health. This, this is first thing in the morning. This is nootropics, which I take um, occasionally. Um, this, is, this is actually really cool. These are custom powders that I made that I sip on at work or one custom of Custom powders? Yeah. So um, this is my life is like... Because pushing, pushing the envelope, what, what's available? So, um, well, right now this one just has um, sodium bicarbonate, aka baking soda, potassium bicarbonate, and then vitamin C and stevia for flavoring. But yeah, I spend a lot of time over here in this much less presentable area. Me making it much less presentable too, uh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> so, I mean, I, you know, stuff like this, this looks very chemically, but it's, um, it's, it's nothing crazy. Just... <laughs> um, but this yeah. looks chemically. Won't explain what it is. Yeah, okay. <laughs> nothing crazy. <laughs> but I mean, when you get something like this, like people know, oh, it's yeah, creatine. creatine. Yeah, when yeah. you get stuff from a chemical supplier, that's a, that's a, can be a sign that, like, okay, you're you're including, yeah, you're including ingredients that are maybe not on the market widely yet. Yeah, well, I, I, I was talking to 
um, some other people about like the gray market yeah. for some of these things. Yeah. What what is the gray market for like supplement? Like for example, I have like lipomas, and the doctors are like, oh, like the only option surgical removal, and then you have okay. scars everywhere. But there's this thing that dissolves like fatty tissue right. that yeah. what I think it was. Um, Tap was like, oh, I just, you, they use it usually like for chin stuff and yeah. like cosmetic, but totally. I should probably do it. And then it's like, oh, you just buy that online on the gray market. Yeah, I think, I think that's an excellent example because you have a health condition that like, understandably, you want to treat and you don't want to get a bunch of invasive surgery and scars everywhere. So like, you know, our knowledge of what we can do for our health is advancing really rapidly. And I think it's, it can be hard for the system to keep pace with that. So I think I think we should embrace gray markets and try to, I don't know, keep them as a space that's really like alive and responsive to, to people's interests, but also try to keep them reasonably safe. Um, yeah. Cool, I'm just gonna it all. Cool. You were gonna show me the binaural beats? Yeah, so this is a whole thing. Um, <clears throat> it's not just binaural beats. So, um, so this is a grounding mat. <clears throat> I love hippie culture, but um, this idea of earthing, so like walking barefoot, is not just a hippie idea. Um, it's pretty backed by science. Like there's there's evidence that it can improve blood flow. Um, I, I prefer. I think walking outside on the trail barefoot is better. Better. But um, I have a grounding mat here. It plugs into the grounding part of the outlet. So this is called TDCS. It's basically electrodes that you hook up to your head and it sends electricity through your brain. Um, it might take me a second to find that and set it up. I'll show you the binaural audio. So you play two different tones in each ear. So in your left ear, you might have like 100 hertz, uh, which is the frequency. In your right ear, you might have like 110. So if you had two speakers in the room playing 100 and 110, the physical sound waves would hit each other and average out and you just get a wave of 105. If you play them in each ear with headphones, they can't hit each other. So your brain gets two different inputs. And your brain doesn't average them, it invents the difference. So in this case, 10 hertz, and your brain invents a sound wave of 10 hertz. The thing is, human hearing starts, I've read maybe 20 hertz, maybe a little bit lower, but like, so one, it's cool that your brain can invent a sound that you wouldn't be able to hear normally. The really cool thing is your brain waves start to follow the sound that your brain invents. So what, what this gives you is the ability to theoretically dial in precision desired brain waves. So human brain waves exist, I think typically from about zero to 30 hertz. Zero to four is delta, which is like deep sleep, deep rest. Four to eight is theta, which is meditative. Eight to 12 is alpha, which is like awake, alert. 13 to 30 is beta, which is like um, focused, maybe even agitated. So the thing that got me started on this is um, <clears throat> Earth has an intrinsic frequency called the Schumann resonance. It's created by lightning striking the Earth all over. And 
it's pretty precisely measured and it's about 7.83 hertz. This is really cool because 7.83 hertz is just on the border between our alpha, I'm sorry, you know, theta and alpha brainwaves. So like right between kind of meditative and awake alert, which is a very, something a very natural, healthy place for brainwaves to be. So I was like, whoa, if I get a precision tone generator and play like 100 and 107.83, my brain will invent a sound wave that's harmonized with the Earth's intrinsic frequency. My brain waves will basically tune in to the Earth. Then, then I got the idea that, okay, what's the universal language? Um, probably math is a strong contender. So if I could set my brain waves to a universal mathematical constant, like pi, 3.14. One, I'd be in delta, which is like hard to achieve in a super low. Uh, so, so I started playing with like trying to achieve delta brainwaves set to universal mathematical constants like pi. And um, <clears throat> I would say it's it's definitely fun and I it feels weird. Like I, I feel like it, and other people who have tried it with me, they say it brings them to a deep, deeply relaxed state and who knows if there's anything out there in the universe, I feel like if you, if you're going to tune in to something universal, you would probably want to tune into a frequency that's universal mathematical constant. So something, um, that might also that I, that I heard recently yeah. is that, um, like the, the rain man, the real rain man, okay. whenever you said a prime number, he yeah. would get a warm feeling in the front really? of his head. That's crazy. And we, were, we were talking about like what that meant like the other night. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think I think there probably is something to be to be said about like tuning into specific numbers. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I would have to agree. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so this would take a second to set up. So, um, turn this on. Okay. So I, I found a cool program, uh, seems to be capable of precision and you can make, um, so here are some of my custom made beats. Um, we'll go with the, since I have my feet on the grounding mat, we'll go with the Schumann resonance. Um, I think it might be on the phone. It is. Yeah. Thank you. Uh -huh. <laughs> sounded quiet. Um, <clears throat> That is cool because now I, know I can I can hear it on the camera a little bit. Okay, got it on the headphones. Yeah, it's uh, feel relaxed. Yeah, you know, I feel relaxed, and um, there, I really dove into this hard for a while. Um, meditation is kind of a it's a relative weakness of mine. Like I'm not a great meditator, so um, yeah, there, there were a few weekends where um, I did this with the electricity and. Um, there's electricity, like, 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 yeah, I should probably, 
I should probably show this to you because it, it, it really, it definitely adds like, uh, it, it definitely adds something to the, what's going on here. This is the more, the cooler looking rig that I have. Um, I have another one that involves me wearing like a huge like net with a grid on it. Yeah. It makes me look like a crazy person. Some. So this is so this is the real nature of biohacking is <clears throat> the nitty gritty details. So like this came, this comes with a little bottle that you mix salt and water and squirt it on there. I realized I needed a gel, so I, f I found an electrode gel which I love. I love <laughs> the so um, yeah. I got a custom gel uh, for a, a pre made rig. Um, and yeah, to tell you the truth, what I did, you know, speaking of gray markets, like. I combine this with psilocybin microdoses. So um, I think that's mainstream enough at this point. Like nobody's really getting their feathers ruffled over that. Um, and yeah, I mean, sitting here on microdose of psilocybin with, I have electricity running through my head. I have infrared light going up my nose. I have. Can I, can I, can we, can we do the whole setup? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Let me get this. Um, let me get the, the infrared nose light because it, when 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 you have all of it um together it's exciting because um very little of this stuff is like mainstream or even really known about and like our brain brain function is at such a premium like you know so I, i'm excited to just put this stuff together and and honestly yeah combining it with microdose like i definitely felt stuff that was just cool and yeah. interesting um yeah so so first things first the tdcs so strap that on and that's sending like this is sending a signal through your head, like an electrical signal through your head. Yeah, there's a cathode and anode, so electricity is flowing out of one of these and into the other one, and it's going through my brain in the process. Okay, so you're, to put it shortly, you're electrocuting your brain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, at a, low, at a low enough <laughs> dose to make it good for me. <laughs> What's this? So this is um, this is a great company called V-Light. So they they have peer-reviewed research published. This is 810 nanometer infrared light. Um, not nearly as powerful as that in terms of heat. Like you can't feel this or anything, but it is a specific wavelength, and it clips on to your nostrils. And so I, I bought again. This is a case where I customized it. I bought like a splitter and bought two things because why would I only want to hit one hey, hemisphere? Yeah. Balls. So press start on that. And then I take the... Is it, shoot, is it like shooting like infrared? Like, can I see what it, what does it look like out of it? Yeah, it's it's very dim, but um, it's it, there's a little infrared bulb there. And I mean, it's, um, it's a cutting edge device and I read the paper and it seemed legit, so. Have you ever used that red light at the same time too? No, I always keep them separate. Um, <clears throat> I think, I don't think, I also, I don't think I've done that red light like in place of this with this setup, yeah. um, but I could, yeah. Um, could we try it? Yeah, we totally can, absolutely, yeah. 
So yeah, sun Sundays are for... Sunday is like, you know, meditation, ice bath, sauna, um, anything like... Do you have the goggles? Yeah, probably. Let's see here. Thank you. It's very, this is such a cool very equipment dense at this point, but that's okay. Yeah, so... Um, okay, that's working pretty well. So I got this and the last layer. So yeah, my feet are on a grounding mat, which is sending electricity up through my body. Got electricity going through my brain from this device, <laughs> infrared going into my brain from here, uh, 810 nanometers. Additional infrared here, which I'm gonna aim at my face once I lower the goggles. I'm gonna get these headphones on and we're gonna have um, binaural audio, theoretically, potentially tuning my brain into Earth's intrinsic frequency, 7.83 hertz, Schumann resonance. So, ooh, that's cool. So this is the whole setup. How long usually it will stay like this? Um, you know, just like with swimming or running, uh, I made it my goal to be able to do two hours of those. I think my PR for continuous meditation is still pretty low, like 40 minutes, but I'll usually do like uh, maybe six minutes on short rest for maybe one to two hours. Um, so yeah, on a Sunday, I'll often spend like a couple hours total doing this. So... I mean, this is all like the, like the stuff that you put on and uh, like it's kind of like the skin contact stuff and like engaging the senses. But um, I'm also curious, like we've kind of gone through your whole regimen at this point, um, or at least <laughs> part of it. Um, why did you decide to get the fullestatin gene therapy? And like, how did you, uh, how did you discover it? Yeah, so um, I had a great mentor for my PhD, and um, that really led to me having a great network. I was at the American Aging Association Conference. Um, I had just wrapped up uh, <clears throat> about six months of postdoc work for the Air Force um, and was kind of burned out and looking for a new direction, um, really, really gung-ho about kind of cutting-edge biohacking. So... I was talking to this guy at the conference who was really great at networking and he was like, okay, where are you going to be? What do you want to do? What do you not want to do? What's your skill set?" He took my information and kind of processed it and he was like, uh, you should talk to Mac Davis in Austin. So I met Mac and when I met, this was maybe a year and a half ago at this point. So when I met Mac, it was like, we, there's just some people you have this immediate shared enthusiasm for science. And that was really apparent with Mac. When, and I love that because I thrive on that. So Mac was like, yeah, we, we can get you in, into our clinical trial for falsetin gene therapy. Um, I don't particularly need more muscle mass, but um, falsetin has other benefits. It's, it's pretty safe. And um, really for me, it was like a foot in the door to this world of really advanced therapies. And, and that's extremely valuable for me. So, um, you know, again, Mac 
seemed credible. He had tried it on himself. He showed me data. Um, they explained how it worked and it checked out scientifically. So yeah, I just was like, <clears throat> let's do it. it. Absolutely. Let's do this. And, and what, like yeah. what number, uh, test subject were you? Um, I think the, the whole trial had low for like maybe 43 people and I was in one of the first, so I was probably test subject number 20 to 25, uh, maybe, maybe like 15 to 20 approximately. Yeah. And so why were you not like, why were you not nervous or, or were you nervous going in? Like, cause like being the test subject in the, in the forties like that, that's, I feel like a lot of people maybe who are not in this world would be pretty nervous about that. I was very nervous. Um, so I was flying to a location in Central America I knew very little about to re receive gene therapy that, you know, I knew as much as I could about. Um, but it, it was just an opportunity I didn't want to pass up. So I said yes, went down there and just kept my wits about me. And, you know, when I went down there, everything exceeded my expectations, like the professionalism, the, the people involved. So I felt at ease pretty quickly and um, it, it paid off. I mean, the networking I did when I was down there, I learned about cutting edge therapies through the people who were down there also doing this. It, it just paid off in every way possible. Um, I think, uh, and, and the physical and health benefits I think have been real as well. What have, so you, you got injected, yep. pretty nerve wracking, but the yeah. nerve wracking thing is seeing what happens post getting injected, what happened? First of all, regarding the nerve wracking nature, I mean, so our therapy is fairly unique in that it's reversible. So if something bad started happening, I was confident that we could shut it down and or just excise the transfected cells from my belly fat. But when I got the therapy, I was, you know, I was probably 40 years old and I was fasting a lot, doing a ton of cardio. I got the therapy and I was like, okay, I, you know, I'm on this therapy that can help you build muscle, let me start working out again. So I started hitting the gym. And I think at age 40, you know, with three months of working out, I put on about 15 pounds of lean mass. 15 pounds? Yeah. And, and I'm already like pretty big, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, I um, and like, you know, I would hit like, I would do like one set, one set of five, one working set of five on squats a week. And my my working set weight kept going up every week. Um, like I, I was just kind of hyper responding to weight training at age 40. And you were, I mean, you were in the NFL, right? Yeah. Now there's an asterisk, a couple asterisks. I was a place kicker, um, but I was a very jacked place kicker. Um, so like, like I, I asked that cause I'm like, yeah. you kind of know your, your PRs and stuff when you were like prime. Yeah. Right? I, I, I threw shot put and discus in college and you know, got signed to NFL contract. So yeah, I, I was a high level, like quantified, highly trained athlete in my early twenties for sure. So when you're starting to hit these, like these, these new weights, like, like how, how close did you get to the PRs from your, your twenties? I would say <clears throat> at first, um, so my lean mass actually definitely hit its highest value since my days in the NFL. Wow. Um, in terms of my lifts, they, at, at because my, my squat, deadlift, power clean were like really high back then. I didn't get 
close to those at first, but now I've actually been doing power cleans and snatches for the first time in probably 20 years. And um, I'm moving some weight. Like I feel like those, those older numbers, like on hang cleans, for example, are maybe doable again. Um, I also, I like, I ran 12 miles yesterday. So I feel fine. I feel great. You know? So would you say like so far the experience has been somewhat like life changing and you, and then like you, have, you I, I mean, you, you've tried a lot of stuff. So like, yeah. do you, like, would you say like, okay, I can actually attribute some of these effects to the gene therapy? Yeah, I, I think with reasonable confidence. So I think, <clears throat> I think I hyper respond to weight training, especially for somebody my age. Yeah, I feel stronger, more muscular, um, leaner, less inflamed overall. Th this has been one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life easily. Um, both in terms of the benefits from this specific therapy and the benefits of getting my foot in the door and networking with people who exist on this cutting edge. Quite the endorsement. I'm like, I've been thinking about it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, I cannot, you know, honestly, uh, can't recommend it highly enough. I mean, you should do your own research and, you know, assess your risk tolerance in regard to this, but like, I've actually been handling the patient data and um, I get the PDF straight from the doctor's office. I hear patient testimonials and I've handled a lot of data over the years. And as, as a scientist, you're often like making the best out of really messy, really inconsistent data. Here, that is not the case. Like we, we almost handicapped ourselves in terms of our, you know, patient population. We have people aged 23 through 88, and we're looking to improve lean mass. You know, people in their 70s and 80s have a hard time putting on lean mass, but we, we still see a, a, an increase, you know, in the, in the whole uh, patient set, and then in the young, in the middle-aged, in the older, they all also, you know, put on lean mass. Um, the data are really strong. We saw unexpected benefits to you know, these epigenetic estimates of aging um, that have been, that's been really cool to see. And there's been no reported adverse effects. I mean, in a diverse, you know, adult human patient set, to have like robust benefits without adverse effects for something as cutting edge as gene therapy, um, and in the case of any adverse effects, it's reversible. To me, that's like, a really, really good deal. Like that's a, that's really good. Again, the human body is a miracle, but like if you know anybody with a genetic disease, if you know anybody who's gotten old, like the human body is also deeply flawed. For the first time, we have tools to address the most foundational layer of our biology. That's the code that we run on, our DNA. You know, we chose a target gene that's safe and we developed a delivery method that's has like three levels of safety additionally built in because we're not masters as, a, as, a, as humans, we're not masters of genetically engineering ourselves yet. So we, we're just dipping our toes in the water. We're starting very safe, but yeah, it's super, super exciting. I mean, the potential is, is limitless.
Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast five stars, and share with a friend. If you have any questions or comments, DM us at Finding Founders Podcast on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Finding Founders is produced and hosted by me, Samuel Donner. Our audio editing team lead is Ashley Jimenez with support from Jessica Morales, Miley Lipton, Siyu Pan, Kenny Ray, Josie Yo, Matt Fernandez, and Merritt Hill. Our outreach and research team lead is Desiree Nunez with support from Marissa Granados, Monica Lee, Sarah Tiersma, and Yao Will. To see more of what we're up to, subscribe to our newsletter at findingfounders.co. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.